0: You know, every time you read the Christmas story, um, for me, my mother uh, basically spewed me forth on the front pew of church because I was a pastor's kid. We went to every service. Uh, We went to everything that the church was was happening. And uh, it was a great, 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 wonderful time. But we take the Christmas story as just rote because we know it so well. Isn't it true? But if you read it with the intent that the Holy and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, give something fresh and something new, he'll do that every time. Because it's a, it's a word just for your heart, for your life, for everything that you're going through. And in reading it, this little baby was a scary, scary baby. This baby that was born brought a lot of terror, a lot of fear into the world. Do you know that the shepherds were calmly watching their flocks? right probably you know having a wonderful time just shooting the breeze and all of a sudden an angel came the Bible says that they were terrified now how about if an angel showed up in your bedroom right and said hello I am the angel of the Lord Oh, yeah we'd be a little bit afraid the angel appeared to Mary she was afraid the angel appeared to Joseph he was afraid the angel appeared to Zechariah, John the Baptist's uh, father, who was a priest offering incense in the very temple of God, and the angel showed up, and he, even he was terrified, right? This little baby, Jesus, knows how to, how to terrify He knows how to scare us. Jesus came into this world being vulnerable to show us that he can conquer every fear, every sorrow, every every pain of adversity and sorrow that this world has created. See, once in the garden, Adam and Eve were having fellowship with God. They had intimacy with God. They were walking with God. And then all of a sudden, they sinned. They were thrown out of the garden. They were thrown out of the presence of the Lord. And all of a sudden, freshly and newly, They experienced this, what was known as the fear of men. Fears came upon them. We all have fears, don't we? How many are fearful of spiders? Wimps. How many are fearful of dogs? How many are fearful that you won't be accepted? That you won't be received as who you are? How many fear that they won't be loved, that they won't be accepted, that they won't have a sense of belonging. There's fear that has gripped the world because of being separated from a God that loves, provides for, and protects. And Jesus said, I'm going to fix that. And I'm coming in the dark of night as a terrible, scary, snuggly baby. (laughs) And I'm going to bring back those that are bound in fear and sorrow and pain. adversity fear is a is a terrible terrible thing and it grips us but just as people choose where to place their faith people choose where to place their fear and the God of the Bible that was born a baby that lived a sinless life that brought healing to the world that died on the cross buried for three days raised again seated at the right hand of God and soon will strike the clouds and come again He says, fear not, for I am with you. See, we're all bound up with fears. I have a fear for my children. I want to protect them. I want to give them everything that I can. I've got to give that over to God. You see, what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve is they chose not God to rule and reign over their hearts and lives, but they chose themselves. And when we choose ourselves to rule and reign... All of a sudden, the responsibility of everything that we have falls on us. How many of your dads wake up in the morning and you say, oh my God, i got to provide for my family. i got to get out there. i got to do this. i got to do that. Moms, how many just have this, this fear of just providing for your children, paying the bills, right, doing the right thing? There's a, there's a fear. There's an anxiety that grips us all. It wasn't supposed to be like that. And Jesus has come as a little baby to show that he's vulnerable to us, that he loves us, that he wants to walk among us, to show us that he can be relied on and he can be trusted because he knows us and he cares for us. There is a fear that Christ brings. A fear that whenever heaven is opened, in the Old Testament, people scattered and people died. There was a dude that tried to grab the Ark of the Covenant, the handle, because it was tipping. He did it the wrong way. He died. There were people that came into the presence of God unworthily, and they died. People tried to lie to the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. They sold a certain amount of land, and they they said they were going to give everything to the church. And they only gave a portion. And they both died. And the Bible says great fear gripped the church. See, we serve a terrifying, scary God. John Edwards wrote this this hymn, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. So we kind of lose sight of how big and how great and how awesome God is. There's a life that we live as Christians today totally in the fear of the Lord. Now, my papa, I feared him. He was bigger. He was badder. And he had a huge waist and a huge belt. And when that belt came off, it was like Indiana Jones, baby. That thing whipped. (laughs) I had great fear. That fear gave me boundaries. And you know what? I knew that he would take care of me and that he loved me and that he provided for me. But you see, when we take take rule of our lives and place it outside of the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, we take upon all these fears because we're responsible for our own lives and we make ourselves God. We can't manage our own lives, people. The fear and the anxiety and the worry takes over. We need a Savior to rescue us. We need a God that loves us and a God that cares for us. There's a fear that Christ brings, but there's a fear that he relieves. The coming of Christ brings fear. Two kinds of fear, a fear that God forbids and a fear that God commands. Do you know that in the Bible, God commands us to fear him? In the New Testament, 1 Peter, it says that we should fear God. Revelations chapter 14, it says that we should fear God. It's a command. A fear to gain and a fear to lose that Christ gives and a fear that Christ removes. The fear of the Lord is a blessing to be sought after and not to be afraid of. How many of you grew up in church where uh, the message was hellfire and brimstone, and all you wanted to do was run out and run out quick, right? See, when we understand the, the, the fear of God, it makes us run to God. His awesomeness and his power and his greatness. We run to God. We don't run away from God because he loves us. The Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. How many desire wisdom today? Wisdom is this awesome thing. It's, it's the application of knowledge. We all have knowledge, don't we? We know what to do, when to do it, but we don't often do it when we know what, when to do it. We need wisdom the application of wisdom in the knowledge that we have and apply it to our lives. The Bible says that Jesus is our wisdom. He not only gives wisdom, but he is our wisdom when we have a relationship with him. The Bible says in Exodus twenty twenty, the fear of the Lord will be with you to keep you from sinning. When you know the wrath and anger of God will come down hard on your head like a mallet Mm -hmm. You understand that you want to keep your life free from sin. Amen Amen. Keep your life on the straight and narrow Because this fear is of, of protection and of love and of grace Do you know that the fear of God is a distinguishing mark of those that are filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's flip over to Isaiah chapter 11 And read this portion of scripture, Isaiah chapter 11, and we'll start with verse 1. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. Do you see here that Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord? He walked in submission. To God he walked in respect to God he walked in adoration of God and the Bible says that his joy was to do the will of him who sent him and that was God the father part of the fear of the Lord is experiencing this great joy that you want to do the will of God for your life amen do what's right do what's good allow the Holy Spirit to minister through your heart and through your life touch other people there's this great joy in knowing that you're fulfilling this great spirit, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Fear is debilitating, isn't it? And I want you to leave this place knowing that you can have your fears of this world relieved and walk in the fear of the Lord. My wife made a beautiful dish the other night. And I said, Wow, how in the world did you make this? Spicy and nice and taste. You know, it hit all the areas of the tongue as I put it into my mouth, and it was beautiful. And uh, it satisfied my, my hunger and my taste buds. And I asked her, How'd you make this? You just throw it together? No, there's a recipe. (laughs) You know? It's a recipe that I that I put together and I follow. And uh I was like, Wow, this is really, really good. See, there's a recipe to follow, to walk in the fear of God. Number one, God is great. You are not. God is great and you are not. You are small. Psalms eight says, O Lord our Lord, how majestic. You are. Let's turn there. Psalms chapter eight and read this awesome psalm of the majesty and the splendor of God. God is great and you are not. You are small. Psalms chapter eight. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them? Our God is a great and awesome God. All we have to do is look out at the universe, look out at the sun and the stars and the moon, walk down to a wonderful, beautiful lake and look out and say, God, you are good and you are great. Amen. See, what happens is, when we don't think God is great, we think we're great. And you know what? We're not. And we fall and we fail. And we put the responsibility of our life in our hands. And our faith is built on who and what we are. But we know we're not what we should be and what we can be. And everybody else knows it too. But we keep striving and we keep struggling to try to be great, but we cannot be great. God is great. You are small. I love the story of the disciples in the boat. When Jesus was sleeping down on the bottom of the boat and the storm and the winds were going nuts and the disciples were like, we are going to die. Wake up Jesus. And they went down and they woke him up. And Jesus came up and he said, peace, be still. The winds and the waves calmed. And the disciples laid low and prostrate, and they said to each other, and the Bible says that they were terrified, and they said, what manner of man is this? Do you ever have that experience when God deals in your life? What manner of God we serve, that he is great, and he is awesome, and he is wonderful. See, when we don't think God is great, we don't think that he cares for us. And we put all our, all, our, all our struggles, we look at our struggles and we see everything that we're going through and they become mountains in our hearts and in our lives and God is left out and we're struggling to climb this mountain and God just says, come on, I'm here, trust me, put your trust and faith in me, for I am great, right? Stop thinking so much of yourself, right? Your self-importance is not what matters. It's the fact that God is great. Put your, put your faith and trust in him. That's one ingredient of the, of the fear of the Lord. The second ingredient is that God is holy, and I am so, so far from being holy. Another story of the disciples. Peter was out fishing all night. Jesus came down and started preaching in the boat, and after he preached, he said, Listen, Pete, I want you to take your boat Go out and throw your nets out. And Pete's like, God, I just spent all night, all night fishing. I know what I'm doing. This is my business. Okay? But you know what? I will. Grudgingly, he goes out. The fish is so, the catch is so awesome that other boats had to go out. Two boats filled up. And they get to shore. And Jesus walks over to Peter. And Peter, what does Peter say? God, just get away from me because I'm a sinful man. See, when we, when we learn to put our trust in ourselves, we never reap the benefit of God's provision and his blessing. What if, what if Peter said, forget about it, God, I know what I'm doing. I trust my own instincts. I've been doing this for a living. It's my business. I'm out of here. God is holy. And he calls you into this provision by trusting him and allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to your life and to change you. God is holy. We are not. But you know what? The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be the righteousness of God. Amen? When God looks at you, if you're in Christ, he sees the righteousness of God. And he extends his hand. And he calls you into his presence. Jesus died, the the veil in the temple, separating the holy of holies was split in two, signifying our our presence is welcomed by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. (coughs) God is great. You are not. Ponder his greatness in every aspect of your life. What is God going to do for you? How is God going to provide for you? How is God going to protect for you? God is holy. I'm so far from holiness, but the power of the Holy Spirit forms me and shapes me and makes me what I'm supposed to be as I live out my life in the fear of the Lord. The last thing is this, that God is love, and I am safe. I'm safe. I'm safe in his care today. This is what Jesus was trying to tell us as he came, made himself vulnerable as a little baby. He said, I want you to feel safe because I love you. And I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Jesus died on the cross. The Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father has poured out on us, that we might be called sons and daughters of God. Amen? Amen. God is love and you are safe. If you don't feel safe today, you're not trusting God, you're trusting yourself. You'll never feel safe. You'll never feel loved until you give your heart to Christ, the lover of your soul, and let that that scary, terrifying God rule and reign over your life and grab you and hold you and say, you know what, I'm scarier than anything that this world can bring. You know, we look at the presidential candidates and we say, they're scary. We look at government and we say, that's scary. We look at North Korea and we say, that's scary. We look at everything around us and we say, that's scary. And we think we bring God in to offset that. No, that's not what we do. God is far greater, far more in control than we can ever imagine or think. He exalts leaders and he tears leaders down. He provides for nations and kings. He knows exactly what's going on and we can trust him because he's a good and great God. You might fear death. Don't fear death. You might fear the pain of death. Don't feel the pain of death. Jesus Christ has overcome death and promised, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Amen? Amen? Yet shall he live. Bring it on, world. My God is greater. I'm not great, I'm a jerk. But I love Jesus, and he's great. Amen? We serve a great, big, wonderful God. A great, big, wonderful God. A God that knows all about us and loves every part of us. We serve a great, big, wonderful God. Put your trust and care in this great, holy, loving God that came down as a little baby to show you he wants to be vulnerable to your love. And he wants to hold you and protect you today. He cares for you. I love the story of the Chronicles of Narnia. Remember when Mr. Beaver said to Aslan, said of Aslan, "Safe?" Who said anything about safe? Of course he ain't safe, but he's good. Amen. Amen. We serve a good, good, good God and he's not safe. He's terrible. The wrath of God is being revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. Listen, don't do that. Don't suppress the truth. Turn your fears over. Take on this new fear, the fear of the Lord. Walk in the bounty of his provision. The beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is a fountain of life the fear of the lord keeps you from evil and the fear of the lord is the distinguishing mark of the holy spirit that you're resting in the god that loves you and cares for you and provides for you i hope today through my words that you leave this place taking your fears out of your control and putting them in the hand of a terrifying god that you take Your fears, turn them into faith and place them in this wonderful God that we serve, the God of the universe, yet the God that redeems us through his blood and the work and person of Jesus Christ on the cross. Think about this little baby, this scary, terrifying little baby. This baby will kill you, like all babies do. They're so precious and cute. And this baby will change you as you put your focus and trust in him. He's the Lamb of God. He's coming as the Lion of Judah. He's the Savior of the world. He's coming as the King of Kings, tattooed on his thigh, faithful and true, with a sword coming out of his mouth and eyes ablaze. He's ready to come and get you because he loves you. And he's terrifying And I love it. He's a terrifying God. I want you to leave today terrified in the awesome love of God. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we love you today. You are scary. And yeah, we love it. We thank you that you are an awesome God. God that's not afraid of anything. A God that stands up to anything. A God that has won victory over death, sin, shame, in the grave. Why do we stand here and sit here in our fears when the spirit of the fear of the Lord can come over us and we'll walk in your greatness, we'll walk in your holiness, and we'll walk in your love, protected, provided, and loved this morning as sons and daughters of God. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Like those disciples in the boat, we say to you, God, what manner of God is this? That we can trust you in our storms and in the wind of life. Give us faith where our fears are. Relieve us and bring to us the fear of the Lord. And let us walk by his grace, we pray. And Merry Christmas to one and all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go get your presents, amen? Amen. And share grace and share the love of Jesus. We love you. Have a great day and a great Christmas. Come back tonight, 6 o'clock Christmas Eve service. It's going to be awesome. Brayden, I'm glad you came. Tomorrow is Christmas, yes.